0: Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. Did I do something? Just just pull it. I'm, I think I'm nice button. I think it's. It should be all right. Okay. okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be here. Appreciate the invitation to come and share with you uh, in these days. And uh, our thing for the meeting will be the love of God. Um, I don't have the ability, I don't have the, the vocabulary to articulate the love of God in its height and depth and in its breadth. But uh, I want to share some truth with you from God's word in regards to his love. Uh, this morning we're gonna take a maybe a different look at God's love from what you're accustomed to. But in first John chapter four and verse eight. The Bible says, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. And then in verse 16, it says, and we have known and believed the love of God, the love that God hath to us. God is love he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him twice in 1 John chapter 4 we're told that God is love it's not what he does but it's who he is yes Yes. There are certain attributes and certain characteristics that describe and define and make God who he is. To give an example, God is holy. God is eternal. God is love. You can't divide God into different parts. You can't say this part of God is holy or this part of God is love or this part of God is eternal because all of his attributes, all of his characteristics blend together and they support each other yes sir. and they cannot be divided right so god is eternal and he's holy god is love yet his love is holy yes sir. his love is eternal his holiness is eternal All of God's characteristics work together and make God who he is. I think that perhaps the most recognized and the most celebrated characteristic of God is the fact that God is love. This has been cheapened by a lot of people because they don't understand that God is also holy and they try to use the love of God as an excuse for their sin. I'm sure all of us have heard those who live perverse lifestyles Say something like, I don't know about you, but the God I serve is a God of love. And God's love has been somewhat cheapened. It's been cheapened by our definition of love. We connect love to certain places. Certain things, certain people. And we describe how we feel about it by using the word love. For example, you may hear somebody say, I love hot dogs. I love this particular show. And I love Jesus. (laughs) All in the same sentence. We have used the word love so broadly in that we bring Jesus down to the level of a hot dog. And that's very offensive to God. You remember when Peter, James, and John were on the Mount of Transfiguration and the Lord was transfigured before them. And there appeared Moses and Elijah and they discussed the things that would take place in Jerusalem. And Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let's build three tabernacles and stay. And the Bible says this spake he not knowing what he had said. And all of a sudden a cloud overshadowed the mountain. And they heard a voice from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. You see what Peter had done was he put Moses and Elijah on the same level with Jesus. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Let's build three tabernacles. One for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. Putting Jesus on the same level uh-huh. with Moses and Elijah. And God rebuked Peter. He spoke out of heaven, this is my beloved son. Yes, sir. Not Moses, not Elijah. And the Bible says when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. Yes, sir. We we cheapen the love of God when we use it in such a, a broad sense, yes. the love of God, as it's used here in First John chapter four, is talking about a very specific kind of love. It's not a natural love. It's a supernatural love. Yes. It's God's love. It's love in its purest form. It's perfect love. I want us to examine verse 8 and verse 16. In a way perhaps we've never done so before. I want to say a word about the object of God's love. Since God is eternal, his love is eternal. There has always been an object of God's love. God loves humanity. God loves sinners. God loves his enemies. As a matter of fact, we're told in Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 and 45, that we are most like our Father when we love our enemies and when we do good to them that do evil to us. And when we pray for those who despitefully use us, when we bless those who curse us, we are most like God. However, these are not the primary objects of God's love. Since God is eternal, and since God is love, he's always been love. He didn't just start being love in Genesis 1.1. God is self-existent. He needs nothing outside of himself. He is immutable. He changes not. God is love. And he's always been love. Before there was an angel. Before there was space. Before there was an earth. Before there were birds and creatures of the sea, beasts of the field, before there was man, it could be said that God is love. In eternity past, God was love. If if God was love before there was man, if God was love before there was an earth, if God was love before there was a heaven, before there were angels, what was the object of God's love? What was the primary object of God's love? Nowhere does the Bible try to argue or prove God's existence. It just begins with the words, in the beginning God. God has always been love. It's who he is. Yes. So what was the object of God's love? Remember, the Bible teaches that God is one God Existing in three distinct persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. They make up the Godhead. But according to Scripture, Before there was man or angels, God loved the Son. The Father loved the Son. John talks about it throughout his entire gospel. John chapter three, verse 35 the Bible tells us the Father loved the Son. In John chapter 5 and verse 20, we're told the Father loves the Son. In John chapter 10, verse 17, we're told the Father loved the Son. In John 15, 9, we're told the Father loved the Son. In John 17, 23, in that great high priestly prayer, Jesus talks about the Father loving the Son. And in verse 24, the Bible tells us the Father loved the Son from before the foundation of the world. The Father loved the Son. I'm talking about the object of God's love. God loves humanity. God loves sinners. The Bible says he commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But we're not the primary object of God's love. The primary object of God's love is and has always been his son. Yes. Sir. yes. I love Genesis 22 because there are several words introduced to us for the very first time in Genesis 22. The word tempt is used for the very first time in Genesis 22, verse 1. It's not used in connection to an enticement to sin. But in Genesis 22, God is tempting Abraham in that God is putting Abraham to the test. The word worship is mentioned for the first time in Genesis 22, verse five. Abraham tells the two young men to wait while I and the lad go yonder and worship. And that's amazing. The first time worship is mentioned in the Bible you find nothing that we connect to modern day worship. For example, there was no building. There was no congregation. There was no singing. There was no preaching. There was no teaching. Yet Abraham defined the experience that took place at Moriah as worship. The word love is mentioned for the first time in all the Bible in Genesis chapter 22 and verse two. You might expect the first time the word love is mentioned in the Bible to be used in connection to God's love for mankind. You might would expect to find the first mention of God's love to be used in connection to a mother's love for her child. But actually the very first time The word love is mentioned in the Bible. It's used in connection to a father's love for his son. Yes. Take now thine only son whom thou lovest and offer him upon one of the mountains that I'll tell thee of. So the object of God's love, the primary object of God's love has always been the Son. The Father loves the Son. The Holy Spirit was sent to magnify the Son. And so the primary object of God's love. Before Genesis 1-1 was the Son. God loves the Son. The Father loves the Son. I want to say a word not only about the object of God's love, but I want to say something about the offering of God's love. Love manifests itself. Love reveals itself through giving. You can't love selfishly. Love gives. In Genesis 22 the first time the word love is the first time the word love is mentioned it involved Abraham giving his son and Abraham was proving his love for God by what and through what he was willing to give for God so loved the world that he gave. yes, sir. So you have God in eternity past was love. And there was an object of this love which was the son. How would God reveal his love to his son? The father loved the son, and he wanted to give his son a people. Yes a people that would love him and a people that would give him glory. Yes, sir. The father would show his love by giving his son a people. Yes, sir. In John chapter 17 and verse 2, in verse 6 in verse 7 again in verse 9 in verse 11 in verse 12 and in verse 24 Jesus refers to those that the Father yes, sir. had given him You, me, we're God's gift to his son. In eternity past, God loved the son. And God wanted to manifest his love to the son and he would do so by giving him a people but the people that God would give his son would serve him and love him and give him glory Which brings me to my third point. An outpouring of love. How would God accomplish his purpose of giving his son a people that would love him and serve him? And give him glory. I want—I want to say something. If you don't remember anything else I say, try to remember this: love begets love. Yes. Sir. Love reproduces love. The Bible says, "We love him." Because he first loved us. Yes. yes, sir. God's love is love in action. Hearing his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. God loved us. And we love him in reaction to his love for us. Yes, sir. God's love for me is love in action. My love for God is love in reaction. We love him because he first loved us. Yes. Have you ever have you ever wondered why did God Take a, a space between eternity past and eternity future and call it time? Yes. Sir. Why did God create man? Knowing that man would fall into sin? Why did God put Adam in the garden and even give him access to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God commanded Adam to eat of every tree in the garden except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God said, the day you eat thereof Thou shalt surely die. You know, when you look at an aspirin bottle, it'll say something like, Caution. Keep this and all medications out of the reach of children. If there's something you do not want your children to get, you put it out of their reach. So they can't get to it. Yet God told Adam not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and he put the tree within arm's length. It was in the midst of the garden right by the tree of life. Why? After man sinned in the garden, why didn't God just kill Adam and Eve and start all over? It would have been a lot easier and he could have. He could have just killed Adam and Eve and created a new race. He could have programmed man to serve and to give Jesus glory. Why why didn't he do that? I'll tell you why. God chose to redeem fallen man. Genesis through the book of Revelation it's yes, the story of redemption. Yes, yes sir. God chose To redeem mankind. Yes. By sending his son. To die. In our place. God created man. Knowing. That he would fall. And knowing. It would cost him. His son. In order to redeem him. It was all about love and glory. Yes, sir. You think about it. There was only one aspect of God that could be magnified. Only one aspect of God that could be enlarged. He could not expand his omniscience He's always been all-knowing. God's never learned anything. God's never forgotten anything. God's never said, oops. Dr. Seitler used to say, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? He could not expand his presence. He's always been omnipresent. Mm -hmm. David said, if I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the hill, you're there. If I fly up to the sea, you're there. I heard a preacher one day, he was talking about putting God on the spot or backing God in the corner. And I was thinking to myself, where are you going to find a spot big enough to put God on? Where are you going to find a corner big enough to put God in? He could not expand his presence. He could not expand his power. He's always been omnipotent. When God wanted light, he didn't have to strain or He, for struggle, he spoke the word and poof, it was so. He's always been all powerful. There was only one aspect of God that could be expanded. That was his glory. So because God loved the son and he wanted to present his son with the people that would serve him because they wanted to. Yes, That would love him because they wanted to love him. They would give him glory because they wanted to give him glory. So God determined, even before the foundation of the world, that he would create man. Man would fall into sin, yet God would say to fallen man, I love you. And before I lose you, I'm gonna send my only son to die on the cross to redeem you. I'm going I'm going to save you one hundred percent by my grace. Yes, sir. And God knew that a redeemed sinner would look toward heaven and say, God, you didn't have to love me, but I'm so glad you did. Yes. And you didn't have to send your son To pay my debt. But I'm so glad you did. God you didn't have to save me. But I'm so glad you did. God knew. That a redeemed sinner. By grace. Would give his son glory yes sir. yes and god knew that love reproduces love yeah. and god would raise up a people that would serve his son because they wanted to and they would love him because they wanted God knew that redeemed sinners would give His Son love and glory. I, I've I've never I've never shared this from this perspective before in my life. I didn't know how it was going to come out, and to be honest. It, it didn't come out exactly like I wanted to. But I want you to understand that the object of God's love was his son. Yes. yes right. Yes. And even God loving us was all about God giving his son. A people. Yes. Yes, sir. Because he loved his son. Yes, sir. And I'm glad that provoked him to love me. Yes. Because God is love. Yes, sir. Let's pray. Father. I wish I could say it the way I wanted to say it. I wish I could say it the way I feel it. But I want to thank you that you loved your son and that you have given your son a people because you love him. You glorified your son. And in turn, he glorifies you. Lord, I just thank you that one day I heard the gospel And it broke the darkness of my own heart and mind. And I'm thankful today because of the gospel that I'm a part of that people that you've given to your son, Jesus. It's all because of him.